All right, so uh, we're cruising out from 191, headed over to uh, my neighborhood street where Third uh, Street. Third Street, where Midtown Church began in a neighbor's backyard. We'll tell you about that when we get there. That'll be a drive-by, um, kind of a just a quick thing, because, you know, it's somebody else's house, and that'd be weird <laughs> if we all stopped in front of their house. But, uh, I mean, as you're catching these stories, I and mean, you're hearing a lot about a church plant. I mean, I think that we, we have a lot of friends that have planted churches and are part of churches, and in some sense, there's some people out there we know that have gone through journeys kind of like this, but... A lot of churches didn't start like this. No. A lot of churches um, didn't kind of start from scratch with friends who were figuring it out. A lot of them went through this either as a plant, they went through some kind of formalized launch process, or a parent church, parent church sent them out, or you know, churches just kind of like it was like a church that just reorganized and regrouped and changed or, or split, right, split. Yeah, split. Um, and so. It's kind of been a unique experience. And a long time ago, uh, my buddy, he's a rapper here in town named Runt. He, he told me, he was like, man, it'd just be really interesting to hear or have like a blog or something about what it was like to start a church from scratch. Yeah. So, you know, in the absence of me actually ever doing that, sorry, Runt, um, maybe, uh, maybe we can just chat about that for a minute while we, while we drive. What was it, yeah. what was it like to start a church from scratch? What were some of the interesting things that happened along the way cool things difficult things let's start with just to be positive what was like the best part about just starting a church from scratch oh man um i i don't think i've ever thought about that i think it's just it's exciting because the possibilities are endless Right. And you really get to form something from scratch. Yeah. You don't right. have anybody kind of telling you what you have to do. <laughs> I mean, that, that comes with all of its own caveats, but yeah, yeah. really just being able to follow your conviction. Right. I would so uh, I'd it. say one of the one of the advantages of starting a, a church from scratch, not being launched out by anybody, is that you don't have funding. Yeah. Um, which means your leaders, one, like this has to be a passion of yours then. You don't, you don't get the lackadaisical folks, right? Right. Like when no. you don't have funding. Yeah. Yeah. So you actually get to invest in the people uh, that you really, really desperately care about right. and your leaders care about it. Um, so watching people's passion for ministry and for meeting people, um, it's just hugely exciting and activating them in that is one of my favorite things to do. Um, so I really love that. And the fact that, and I think this doesn't just go for churches that have launched by themselves, but that you actually get to invest into people. Um, I don't know. But I think you're more agile if you don't have a parent church kind of controlling what yeah. you're doing. I mean, there's some real like things you lose by doing that. I think right. you eat up a lot of time and make mistakes but at the same time there's something really exciting and sometimes you discover something that really does work so well that just wouldn't be tried and right. I don't necessarily mean like things that aren't like biblical or whatever it's just a way a way of approaching yeah this that hasn't been done you can kind of defy convention yeah, yeah and there's something really exciting about that I think the people that you start something like that with like you have a unique bond. There's a unique you know? bond because 
it's still going to be a struggle. Yeah. Like, you're all going to work. You're all going to put in energy and emotion and mental space. Uh, you're going to have failures and you're going to have victories. And you really form, you form like a, a tight-knit family yeah. in that realm. You get, you see each other's issues in a big way. Yeah. Uh, but you also, you have this shared like adventure that yeah, yeah, like a unifying cause yeah right yeah 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 I think uh, I mean there's there's something really incredible to like walking into a space where like I don't know there's and and you often don't see it because there's so much going on but then you you realize you walk into this space and there are people like worshiping Jesus or you get feedback from somebody that like this has just been such an important yeah like community for me or something and you go man this was once just an idea right yeah that I had or me and some friends had and like now it went from being an idea to like an actual living organism that makes a difference right and that's well that's that's, a really incredible thing I mean we everybody wants to be valued and valuable at some point uh, or at least in some capacity and when you're planting a church like you're trying to share the gospel you're trying to make an impact and if that church plant is successful like that's huge for the entire team that was part of that plant like you you made a difference yeah uh, people were moved and changed and they grew because of your your small little idea that became something or your big idea that became something else yeah that's something I learned very quickly. What were if you if you guys had to say what were the what was the biggest like hurdle you had to get over to actually like stick with it? What would you say? I don't think I ever felt that way, honestly. Yeah. I think for a lot of people the uh hurdle of not getting paid (laughs) is a pretty big hurdle hurdle. but also you know we're so passionate about it and we knew this was what was right and what we were called to do and so I think initially it was like yeah we're in it that's it Um, it got I think I think when it started to get really difficult probably the most difficult times were when there was just so much work and so little money <laughs> that uh, it was extremely exhausting and thankless and especially when you're in a church plant there's just that that is not supported by another parent church or anything or it doesn't have a ton of funding end up wearing all the hats and and some of them you don't like to wear and, right. and doing <laughs> so much behind the scenes that people They'll never, never see about. and they yeah. don't know that it's even there and they couldn't appreciate it even if they wanted to uh, but yeah that the hardest part I think about it is is just you knowing that you're gonna be misunderstood knowing that you're people aren't going to think it really takes that much and uh, being willing to work through it anyways I think for me um, 
that I really relate with that, Mike. There was a period where it felt like there was just so much work to do, so few people to do it, and and no resource to like hire some help or something. And it was just like that yeah. got overwhelming. But I think um, we had a very different story. You guys have talked a little bit about Epicenter and how you very quickly like got big. Yeah. And uh, we did not have that story at all. Like we. <laughs> We, uh, well, you kind of did, but once we merged. When we merged, we, yeah, so I got to experience that with, with you guys um, yeah. later. But um, but in our journey, it was like we were like eight people, ten people, twelve people, eighteen people. Oop, back down to fifteen. Yeah. Uh, okay, eighteen. Uh, okay, we're okay, sixteen. And then, and then, like, all right, twenty-five. You know, like, okay, this is feeling like something. And then, by the time we merged with you guys, we were You're at like thirty. The first, no, we were in our, we were in the forties on most weeks. Oh, okay, yeah. But like, that was most weeks, you know. So there would be definitely weeks where it was like back down in the twenty-five or whatever. Yeah. But um, but still, it was like it was this gradual. So it was. It was it was encouraging that I was like, all right, like we're, there is growth. People are coming and getting connected and this is good. But at the same time, it was just like so slow. And you always want to say it's not about the numbers. And, and I really like want to believe that, but it's still like after a couple years of like seeing like there's one more person and then a family leaves because it doesn't quite work yeah. for them. And, that, you kind of start to feel like a constant failure. Yeah, it's just like... I'm like, why then, is all my effort going anywhere? Right. And then I see another, like, guy I used to work with who starts a church and there's, like, 400 people. I'm like... What the heck, man? Is that an indicator? Like, am I just... Is this just a clear indication that I'm missing, that I'm not doing the right thing? You know? Right. Yeah. And then I would, like... I would go, if I were hearing this from anybody else, I would say that's garbage. You're pastoring 25 people or whatever. Yeah. And that's like, that's good. That's a huge deal. You need to like pastor them with all your heart. Maybe that's, maybe you can't even handle 25 people, you know? So what would you do with 400? But at the same time, like inwardly, I would really struggle with that. I think I remember early on after we had merged, we were having a conversation about something as we were walking out to our cars. And it was about, you know, we, like the first Sunday we had together it was like 120 something people and then you know you have the like little bump at the beginning and then it settles into what it's actually going to be right. right. but I remember hearing the sentiment from you that you're like you know what maybe I actually didn't want to get big yeah <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh. yeah like this yeah. is kind of overwhelming like yeah I don't know if this is really sustainable yeah I think it's interesting because that that conversation of or that struggle that you had with yours was probably the biggest uh, obstacle personally that I had to, to run through, um, which is you're not going to have, like, I, I don't think, a, I didn't have realistic expectations of the impact that I would make. Right. Um, like, I thought, that's okay. Bye. Okay. The um, guy in front of us is turning left in the no left turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there went our iPad. How fun um, would it have been to have captured a crash? The guy behind us also turned left where it was forbidden. <laughs> so there you go. You had high ambitions, Nick. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's. I mean, that's just that's who I am. Are. 
so I'm always like real big, real big, and um, so I had to get used to the fact that I realized I wasn't gonna hit. I'm not. I wasn't gonna hit those ambitions. Yeah. Um, actually, and there's a Nicholas, Count Nicholas von Zinzendorf has this quote. Uh, he was an early Moravian, but he says, "Preach the gospel, die and be forgotten." Um, and that was the thing I had to be okay with. Like, I will be forgotten, and that is okay. Mm. Um, and the reality is, big church or little church, eventually you will. Yeah. Um, so, but there's some sort of, like, desire for in me that I had to allow to die. Yeah. In order to continue on and be encouraged in ministry. Um, I am sure I'm going to forget my best story here but before we we get up to my our next destination what was like your one of your best just like you know really great moment or crazy church plant moment or I think probably the biggest one that for for us as a church was just uh getting into 191 tool and really just having a ton of people rally around and clear out a space and come in and paint and yeah, build stage. redo a space build yeah. a stage that was a huge success of everybody just rallying around and doing it and I think I, and I remember a thing that I was always really proud of was that people would always talk about just how tangible uh, just this like spirit of God and this passion was um, just walking in and being with the people. You could feel that they all really loved and were all really passionate about the cause and about the gospel being spread and about it being, you know, in the area that we were. Yeah. Yeah, we had... There, There is something, and for as much talk as there is about the churches and the building, um, like when we worked together to rehab the the building at the Lutheran church that we moved into mm-hmm. that was one of the most incredible bonding experiences for our church as well uh, for Midtown before the merger and then we got I think it was a great thing that as a merged church we got to experience that together yeah. right with our I think that actually was a really good yeah yeah thing. we really good. and we even came over to that building and helped you out we for did. a day yeah yeah we got rid of those two closets we're like you hey we a, finally finished our building now we're gonna come over to here <laughs> and then you came back one time and put a staple through your finger and, and, and i yeah. also and stepped on a nail and i also stepped on a nail <laughs> that's <laughs> a thing that mike just does yeah yeah I, and that was another bonding experience between our churches was that yeah. you guys helped us out and yeah, we helped you tear down those two, uh, those big closets against the yep. east wall. Yep. To make room for a stage area. Yep. Which was um, which was super cool. So that was, uh, I think there were some some moments. Um, I mean, you guys got to help out with uh, a guy's trailer mobile home that we rehabbed yeah, for him. Yeah. Like doing something like that was like things like that as a community um, were huge. We we took on some other. We redid a bathroom for a lady we knew who, um, her, yeah, like she had some major damage in her walls and a, back then at Midtown is like probably, you know, half of our church essentially did this project where we right. rehabbed this bathroom in like two days. That was stuff like that was like really, really cool. Really, really meaningful. And, um, yeah, just, just really important stuff. Yeah. 
All right, we're cruising up to my old neighbor's house, so let's, uh, let me tell you about that.